The information in this podcast is not legal advice and should not be construed as such. It is for informational and educational purposes only. Hi, everybody. I'm Gwendolyn Stirk of Stirk Family Law, and we're here for resource sessions. And today we have a new contact available to give us some good information from MES Financial Coaching, Isabel Sanchez. Isabel, thanks for being with us today. Sure. Thank you, Gwen. Appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. So I've been in nonprofits for about 20 years in different aspects, and I've worked with different organizations where the individ- where we helped families and individuals that didn't have enough funding. Um, first program I worked with was with a program in Texas, Marisha from Texas, that we helped individuals that didn't have enough money to go to college. And so we funded their college degrees in IT and nursing. And so did, I worked there for several years. And fast forward now, I've been managing a food pantry, a local food pantry here mm-hmm. for past six years in North Carolina. And just working with people that were struggling with money in different areas, that's what basically what inspired me to work as a financial coach so that I can help people to understand and better manage their money, but just from a different perspective, rather than giving it to them, helping them understand how to better manage it. And manage their own money, right? Yes. So correct. tell us what it means to be a financial coach, because that's a unique term. Sure. So um, so many people see online the budgets. I mean, you can pretty much go to any website and print out a budget and fill in the numbers and all that. But where people struggle many times with is when they fill out that information or they complete the budget, staying accountable to it and keeping track on it and staying focused on it. If you don't have a goal, it's much, much harder to, to stay consistent on it. So that's part of the coaching is focusing on why you want to make the changes. What is it that you want to do and helping you to stay accountable to that? That's part of it. Another part of it is also when you're working off, and like I said, anybody can go and print out a budget. When you're working off of those sheets, they're great at telling you how much you're going to have in the month. But if you don't know when that comes in and what's going out and have a good system, a good plan of when the money's coming in and when it's going out, those those plans that you see on online and that you can print out, they're essentially just theoretical. Right. No, and it's very interesting because in a divorce, in our divorce world, one of the things that in Illinois everybody has to fill out is called the financial affidavit. And it's a shocker to people. You know, first of all, to understand you think you earn X amount of dollars, but when you really look at well, the deductions that come out of your check, not just for taxes, but maybe union dues, medical insurance, something else that you're setting aside, maybe it's even a small retirement contribution. Getting to that net number becomes one, a sense of reality. But then the second part is to complete what all of your expenses are. Mm-hmm. And what we find is that more than 50% of the people have no idea what the household expenses are. You know, usually it defaults to one person. And sometimes the person it defaults to doesn't even understand what all those bills entail anyway, because maybe they pay them once a year and they don't understand it. Do you find that true in coaching people too? They really don't know what their bills are? Very, very often. There's just, it's almost like they're on autopilot and they pay and they don't even know subscriptions. A lot of times subscriptions, they don't even know what subscriptions they have, what's coming in, what's Amazon. <laughs> That's a yeah. big one too. You're paying stuff for Amazon, with Amazon and you don't even realize half the time, you know, what's coming through or it comes in so quickly. So, yeah, I mean, so the bills, the shopping, subscriptions, there's so many things that where the money's going that people don't even realize it. Right. And then when you get a larger bill in, like a real estate tax bill or an insurance bill, 
you don't have those funds set aside because you really didn't, you knew it was coming, but you really didn't anticipate some of those items as well. You know, and the other part of the analysis that you have to do in Illinois for a divorce on a financial affidavit is you have to fill in your assets as well as your liabilities. And I find that people don't even understand how much equity they have in their house. You know, they want to use their equity in the house, but really using your equity when that would be your cost of sale doesn't make a whole lot of sense anyway in the first instance. So you think you have more than you really have when you really put it down on paper. That is very true. Yeah. The net worth, when you do your net worth statement, I mean, that's helpful to see big picture, but you also need to know how much you have at hand, how much you have liquid. Yeah. It's very interesting. So I know that you work and do coaching with a lot of people also going through a divorce. So let's say an individual comes to you and say, they're considering divorce, but they know that if they break apart, you know, maybe they have a two income household, they have no idea how they're going to be able to survive through the divorce context. Where do you start with something like that? So in something like that, we would look at just the basics. And it, when I say that, I mean, we're talking about ter- in terms of food, shelter, just basic the home payments, all of those things. So we need to make sure that they have stability first. And then from there, essentially branch out. If they don't have a place to go, we would have to look at the options of, okay, potentially, can they live with a friend? Can they live with a family member? Something so at least they have a place. They have shelter. Right. And then from there, okay, go ahead. And I also think it's interesting that people going through a divorce, they're expecting that their spouse is going to pay them. And, you know, in Illinois, we have maintenance, you know, whatever that child support number is going to be. And then they are depending on that money coming in. For their survival so they don't try to get independent from it and i understand that the purpose of maintenance is to try to rehabilitate somebody to be able to live but you know situations arise if you were married it could be that your spouse lost their job and if you're divorced that's the same possibility so do you encourage people to try to arrive at some type of financial independence from the situation in the future oh definitely i mean that's a big one just because you need some kind of consistent income and that's and that's along the lines of what we're talking about having a better understanding of what money is coming in and what when it's coming in and when it's going out because they whether they're married or single they have expenses that everybody has expenses and so to rely on just one income especially when they're not they don't have control over it makes it very very risky i mean when we're talking about child support or uh, spousal support any of those so yeah in addition to that it's definitely something they need to work on is having extra income or having their own income. Right. Because if they have their own income and then they can count the extra to save that for additional items, it becomes easier to live because I think sometimes people don't think about that. They think that somehow their lifestyle is going to be able to continue indefinitely. And it just doesn't come across that way in the end. Exactly. No. So, you know, somebody is there and they've already maybe separated from their spouse. Maybe they're living with family for the time being. And they don't even know where to start, how to get an attorney and get started. How do you get somebody to plan for this life change that's coming up? When we're looking at planning, well, one of the pieces is when they're either they're already separated and they're living with family members, then we need to start saving. I know you mentioned about support. If they have, I mean, if if they're haven't through the divorce if they're already separate and it's hard to say specifically it's you know obviously it would depend on each individual situation Absolutely. but but if they let's say they want to save to to child for, for custody okay and i'm putting that out there i mean if they want to save to get divorced it's be a different just be a different situation 
because that I it's hard for me to to give any comments in that sense of they're still they're still married, right? And how to how to advise for that? But let's say they're already separated, they're already divorced. Then the goal would be then find a way that they can start saving money, especially if they know they're gonna need to go back to court for custody or for other right. other for the house or for you know any of those. So maybe rather than looking for a place to rent, okay, let's look at living with a family member for six months or for a year or however long to save that money to be able then to go and and address the issues, whether it be for custody or whether it be for um for what other legal whatever situation post your yeah. might come yeah. about. And I think yes. that some people are unrealistic about what it's going to cost because a divorce is not free and there are so many moving parts. And it's not just about the attorney. I think that a lot of people think, well, you know, attorneys charge excessively. Well, you've got to have an attorney. You need to have somebody financially working with you, whether it be a coach, a financial planner, or whatever it is. You might need to have a individual providing counseling for you and your family. You have to look at that holistic perspective too, to be able to move forward. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. And when you mentioned that, that's one of the things too, depending on the dynamics of the marriage, it may be where the, if it's the husband or the wife, whoever controls, I shouldn't say control, but I guess whoever managed the money, because usually there's one that manages the money more than the other. Correct. Whoever managed that, it's very likely that they would have, they have the financial advisor there, or they have the, the connections for the financial advisor, for the insurance agent, for the banks, all of that. And so then, then once they're separated, then they then the other person has to start setting up, just like you mentioned, setting up separating, making sure the accounts are separated, setting up the making sure the far, the 401k, that all of these, the insurance agents, the financial advisors, all of these that are an integral part of their finances, of their life, that then they have to make sure that they have that in place as well. And it may be where they have to then, and I say, that, again, trying to say this carefully, but separate or maybe not there's I've seen situations where the other spouse is trying to control who that the the spouse that left um who they go with right that makes and yeah. so and establishing your own and getting your own people so to speak and your own references or resources that you have can become part of your independence moving forward yes exactly yes and yes. I think that that's important as well and I think that's where coaching comes through is that you're now going to be separated. You don't want to have or feel, even though there is a fiduciary responsibility for somebody holding your money not to share financial information, it still makes somebody uncomfortable and it doesn't make them confident in that decision making, you know, because everybody can slip up or there can be an issue. So having your yes. own and developing that as a separate entity is really important. Can you explain to me how coaching works? So let's say somebody says, look, I know that this is in the future and this is a plan. And first of all, I do want to give a plug, no matter where it is that you're at in the process, please consult with a divorce attorney because there is some advice that might be different depending on your situation. Maybe you shouldn't separate yet. Maybe it wouldn't affect your case to separate. You should get that legal advice. But then bringing in a coach or a financial planner, somebody that can assist you is helpful. So what do you do? What's the general plan if somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, I'm going to be going through this or I'm in the midst of it. Can you help me? Sure. So first let me say, I, when I work with, with individuals, I said, I, I focus mostly on women, but I can work with men as well. We would look at the short term. I don't do anything with investments or, or stocks, anything like that. We're working on their here and now their fund, their money short term, a year to three years time frame. So when we're looking at that, 
we need to make sure that they have a stable income. Okay, or and now whether it's from child support, whether it's from spousal support, whether it's from their job, from their job, from the business, whatever it is, but we need to put all that on paper. Okay. And I have a system that I go through. I say paper, but we have an online system that we go through. And we pay we have it by date. So if their let's say their child support comes in on the first and their their salary comes in, their paycheck comes in on the fifth. And then if they have spousal support that comes out on the 13th. So that in those days, at those times, they know how much they have to work with. Right. And then we're working on, we're focusing on what is it, because it's very, and I've seen this so many times too, it's very easy for somebody to say, okay, this is my plan. And then they do this, but if they don't actually believe in it, it's not going to work. Sure. And so we get into the root of, I mean, similarly, like why, and I'm not going to get into too much of the dynamics of divorce and all of that, but I mean, just that part of them making a choice, okay, this, you know, I need to get out of this marriage for whatever reason. There's such a big investment in that. There needs to be a similar investment in them wanting to improve their lives financially. Because right. if they, so that, so when we're working on it, we're working on if their goal is to be able to make it on their income and not have to rely and not have to worry about the spousal support. Or if their goal is to buy a house or if their goal is to move, maybe they want to move several hours, you know, where the family is, but mm -hmm. they need to income to be able to make that work. Because I mean, even just moving up, doing that on the short term basis. Yes. Because even sometimes moving is, right. Yes. Yeah. And moving is an expensive proposition and all these things take money and outside factors that are in there. So you're really exactly. working with them getting an immediate plan to try to get back on their feet. And that's what the coaching yes. aspect. Yes. It's not the long-term financial. It's really the coaching for the immediate. And yes. then that coaching is, is, you know, sometimes I feel like they get a divorce and they have some equity out of the house and maybe they're getting half of their spouse's 401k plan or some other measure. And then all of a sudden it looks like a lot of money and you've never really had that much money. And you go out and buy a brand new car and you take a vacation. And before you know it, what appeared to be more money now is dwindled down to hardly anything. I think that that is the notion of trying to set aside and have a nest egg is important as well. How do you advise people or coach them with regard to those issues? So when they have, oh, it could be an inheritance. I mean, even along the same lines. Yeah, right. I mean, even an inheritance. It's so important to have have the system in place. And I keep going back to that because like you're saying, if they don't have a plan, if they, they get this and all of a sudden, like you said, oh, let's take a vacation and that's great. But if you don't have a plan for my goal, when I'm working with them is we're looking at short-term, but instilling the systems that will work long-term for them. Right. So if that's great, if you want to spend that, that's fine. But do you have a plan then for the next, how you're going to live off of that, of the income, whatever income it is for the next six months, for the next year, for the next two years? Because if, they, if you're living off the 15,000 that you just got, that's, that's not know, a plan, right? right? That's not a solution. Yes. And you need exactly. to be setting that aside and thinking about it for your future. And I think that that's where, exactly. you know, people go through, you know, I recently had one where I, I, I got kind of upset about it because all of a sudden, somebody said to me, well, I'm going to use the money. I don't need to worry about the personal property in the house. I don't want that furniture anyway. And even if I got it, I would dispose of it because I want everything brand new. And I'm thinking to myself, brand new, you're starting a new life. That's not a good plan to use your money on going to either finance or pay for furniture. Mm -hmm. You need to regroup and give yourself an opportunity to sit back, put that nest egg away and figure out who you are and where you want to go, right? 
Exactly. Yes, you need that time. You need some time. Slow down, take some breaths, and really, really get to where you want to go. Or not to get to where you want to go, but think about where you want to go. Rather right. than just, I mean, it's so easy. Okay, I've made, I've made this choice, and I want to start over six months, a year later. Like, this end up regretting, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't spent that money. So, yeah, it's important not to essentially impulse shopping on a larger scale, right? But sure. And so your coaching assists people to do that. How often do they usually utilize your coaching services? You know, are you able to put somebody back on their path in a months, years? How often do you recommend to people that they consider that as an option? Sure. So I work with them. My, our initial, our, our hard work essentially is for three, the first three months. And so where we start setting up the spending plan and I say, I don't like the term budget to me. That sounds like a business term. I like spending plan because essentially you're, you're saving or you're spending your money. Right. And so I like that. So we're focusing on where, what they're going to be spending their money on. And we also have in there, if like you mentioned, property taxes mm -hmm. or vehicle taxes, all of that's built in there too. So they know if they have to be saving $20, there is, you know, whatever it is. Right. So all of that is in there. And so I work with them. We start with that. And then I work with them for three months. After that, then if they want to continue working, we work on a monthly basis. It's a, a smaller fee, a smaller, and I, I say fee, but I mean, it really is just an investment. And it's more at that point of accountability and just to help them as anything comes up. Like you mentioned, okay, maybe there's an inheritance. What do we do with that? Right. You know, or things yeah. that that's on a monthly basis after that. So sure. And then really some form of accountability as to what they're doing going forward. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. If you could sum up the reason why somebody should pursue this avenue when going through a family or a life change, what would it be? I would say in those situations, there's so many feelings, so many thoughts, so just so much stress and so many different, different thoughts and different emotions at that point. That I think the, at least in terms of the finances, I think the financial coaching, any coaching in theory, right? But the financial coaching, I think helps tremendously in just to start focusing and just narrowing it down. Okay, we're going to focus on this part first and then this and then this and then this. Essentially just putting them in steps and making that that transition so much easier because there's so many things. And, and I know we're talking about divorce. I mean, when the loss of a loved one as well, the loss of a spouse, so many things and it can feel overwhelming. But when we take it down and just, okay, let's slow it down and go one step at a time. And I think that's where the coaching really helps. Well, very good. Well, thank you for your time today and in introducing the concept to everybody of financial coaching. We're going to share your information so people can get in contact with you. And we appreciate everything you did for us today and what we learned. Take care. Great. Thank you, Gwen. It was great spending time with you too. Thank you. To learn more or to connect with Stirk Family Law Group or Gwendolyn J. Stirk, call 815-600-8950 or visit stirkfamilylaw.com. The information in this podcast is not legal advice and should not be construed as such. It is for informational and educational purposes only.